Good morning, good evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome to my live show. I'm going to be talking about the usual stuff that's happening around the world. I will start off with what's happening around Gaza, all the latest there. And then I'll start talking about some China stuff. And yeah, we'll, we've got a lot to talk about. So um, let's start. Let's start with... Um, Twitter, shall we? Let's see what the world of Twitter is saying. First of all, hello everyone. Um, hello to Zuge. Welcome back, my friend. Good to see you again. And welcome back to everyone. Um, thanks for joining. So let's look at some latest stuff that's happening around Twitter and I'll quickly go over it. So this was like quite um, funny a few days ago. I sent a message to Mr. Blinken um, because he, he was sending around 14, 15 billion to Israel and only 100 million to Palestine. And you've seen how Palestine has been absolutely destroyed. And what makes it worse, they only allowed 20 trucks to go into Palestine. Can you imagine there's millions of people who are homeless, don't have any food, water, uh, no belongings because everything has been blown up and only 20 trucks. Can you believe this crap? Absolutely unbelievable. It's just, it's just double standard. So it's almost like, it's almost like going, going to your next door neighbor, destroying his home, everything he has inside it, then giving, giving him like $2, say, here you go, mate, take this, enjoy it's like that, probably worse. So, um, Mr. Biden has been making a speech today. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is, right, this is what he said. China has trouble with its economy and they are engaged in Russia-style disintimidation. <laughs> I mean, what planet is Biden from? Come on. I mean, has he not looked at the latest GDP figures of China? And has he not looked at the fact that Chinese economy is actually on its way up, like purchasing power, you know, inflation's down. So all the indications are up. Even um, some analysts are, were giving China a thumbs up, saying they're going to get maybe a 5.2, 5.3% GDP by the end of the year, one of the fastest growing economies in the world. Compared to the US, right? US has probably got around 2 to 3%. GDP rise, but you have to understand it's mainly based on borrowed money and stimuluses. So, so I mean, this is how United States uh, makes money, right? They borrow trillions and trillions, put some stimulus into the economy, gives people some money, and these people are just celebrating, saying, yeah, yeah, we're millionaires. It's almost like me going to a bank, borrowing like a million dollars, and then telling everyone I'm a millionaire when I have to pay that million dollars back, right, with interest, which will probably make me absolutely poor in the long term. So this is what United States is doing. So their GDP figures is completely false. It's all based on stimulus checks and um, money to kind of these companies to keep them afloat. And, and you, you just have to look at the debt at the moment. It's almost $34 trillion. 
and it's growing fast every single day. So I don't know what planet Biden is um, talking about, that the Chinese economy is in trouble. Seriously, somebody needs to give him the latest memo. So um, I saw this article today that apparently Israel has been paying a lot of um, <clears throat> a lot of TikTokers and Instagrammers to post some pro-Israeli um, posts and they were giving up to 20000 or $2,000 for each post and they were giving it to some of the top TikTokers and so these TikTokers and uh, Instagrammers have released the, the letter that the, the Israel has been sending them. So, um, so they're obviously losing the propaganda war. See all this, all this stuff about killing babies. Um, you know, they're standing for self-defense. They are defending themselves against babies and children. The the world doesn't agree with them. You know, you can defend yourself, but what's your excuse for killing women and children? I mean, women and children are being killed every day. Millions millions of of people are being their homes are being destroyed. That you know. So many are injured. The hospitals have no power. I mean, how is that defending yourself? I mean, this is very cowardly, very cowardly to drop bombs from the sky. You know, it's it's much, you know, why don't they fight, you know, man to man or something if they want to prove how tough they are instead of women, killing women and children? Absolutely, absolutely terrible, guys, terrible. So Russia's done this um, nuclear test today. And um, a lot, uh, a lot of people are talking. Um, you know, why is Russia testing a nuclear test today? Well, as you know, things are escalating very fast. Things are escalating around the Middle East. Um, United States have sent three aircraft carriers into uh, the Mediterranean, and if things escalate between for example, if Syria gets drawn into a war, Egypt gets drawn in, Lebanon, Jordan even, if there is a if there is a Middle Eastern war with Iraq and other countries joining in, and obviously with Iran as well, Russia might be pulled in because Russia has troops obviously in Syria and they have very good relationships with other Arab countries as well. So things can get very, very messy very fast. And the reason they're testing their nuclear weapons is, is because Israel might use one. Because out of all the countries in the world, there is, there is on, only one country which is, which is completely unhinged. And they, ha- they will have no issues dropping that nuke to a Muslim country. And, um, and that is Israel. Because you've seen how they're completely flattening Gaza, right? They, they have no care about innocent women and children being killed. They have no care about that. So do you think they will care about dropping a nuke in another Muslim country? Of course they wouldn't. They will do it. So this is why Russia has been testing its nuclear weapon. So, Mr. <laughs> Look at his hair, hairline. So funny. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a wig or if that's his real hair. It's just, it's just really weird. But yeah, Mr. Zuckerberg has banned um, lots of Palestinian accounts on Instagram. This is his latest one, which has got over 6 million followers. And those of you who realize this guy is, is obviously Jewish, um, 
He's a Zionist, and uh, he will follow whatever, whatever narrative is given to him. And he got banned from China, and he's still been regretting it. His business has been going down. He he would love to have business in China, but China's completely banned Facebook there, Instagram. And it's mainly like his fault because um, he was involved in, you know, some of the terrorist attacks in China. And at the time, China asked him to, you know, stop, um, you know, try and give away these terrorists who were using Facebook at the time to plan attacks and stuff. And also uh, asked Facebook to stop, um, basically um, stop its services in China, but Facebook said no. They said they said no. It's, it's, it's a free world. We'll do whatever we want. Uh, this is why Facebook got banned in China and Instagram as well. So Zuckerberg has been suffering since. I mean, you just have to look at Facebook shares. They are going down and down and down. Kids nowadays don't use um, Instagram much. Most most kids nowadays use TikTok. So his business has been going down. Um, nobody uses Facebook anymore. That's an old old thing nobody even touches you know people people have lost interest in facebook and instagram and he's got this metaverse that he bought out a few months ago six months ago that was a total failure people just laughed at facebook at the time or shall i say meta it was a total failure people just laughed at the graphics the graphics were like kiddie graphics you would see something 20 years ago from a very basic kids kids cartoon or something and some of these characters had no legs. They were just floating around. And it was just really weird. And people just got put off. Um, his other thing he was trying to sell in, in China was his headsets. And even that, that's been rejected. Nobody, nobody's really buying uh, Facebook headsets anymore. It's, it's a completely a waste of time. Too expensive. And what are you going to use it for? For Facebook Meta, which nobody uses. Forget it. Forget it. So this guy is just digging his own grave by banning more accounts and things like that. Okay, so let's see what else there is. Yeah, so a journalist in Gaza, this is the guy, he was, uh, his family got, um, his family got killed, uh, basically. And I'm just gonna play this video from the beginning. And I'll kind of show you. You guys, you won't be able to hear the sound, but you can see the subtitles. So I'll, I'll read the subtitles for you. Those children killers, no more, no less. Women and children were safe in a shelter home, taken shelter in an area where Israeli military said it's a safe area. They fled there, but the death came after them. The airstrikes came after them. Allah is the best revenge taker. We only say, please, Allah. And we will not allow our enemies to gloat over us. Okay, so so basically, he, you know, he he's trying to say that, um, you know, his family got sent to a safe house. Sorry, his family got sent to a safe house, and uh, this safe house was um, safe area. I mean, in the south of Gaza, and this area was. Um, told by by Israel that this, uh, his family will be safe there, they won't be touched, and um, but they still killed his family. So I don't know if it's something to do with the fact that he's a journalist, maybe they targeted his family because he's a journalist, because a couple of other journalists got killed as well, and their families got killed. 
there was one guy on Al Jazeera today. His, uh, he was on the news channel um, reading out news live uh, when he was told that his family got killed and he burst out crying. I think I got the video somewhere here. Um, I might get to it. But yeah, I think look, it looks like Israel is targeting journalists and because they don't want the news to come out, you see. They don't want the news to come out of what's happening in Gaza. So they're obviously trying to, you know, they, they block the internet and now they're trying to block all journalists sending news out to the outside world. So just to make sure you guys can still hear me, thumbs up everyone. Don't forget to like um, to kind of help the algorithm. And um, yeah, appreciate you all. Thanks a lot. And uh, let's carry on with the show. So President Putin has said that what's happening in the Middle East is a humanitarian disaster. And also the ambassador of Israel to, to the UK, they interviewed her like a few days ago and she said there is no humanitarian disaster. But she would say that. She said uh, there's humanitarian disasters in Israel. But I doubt it because people are part, there's videos of people partying and dancing in Israel Everyone's uh, having a good time, it seems. Everyone's back to normal, while Gaza's been absolutely pummeled. Um, oh, there's a hurricane, actually, coming towards Mexico. It looks like a Category 4 or a Category 5. So need to watch out for that. Um, it's going to be hitting the East Coast very soon. And <laughs> okay, so there's a you have Ursula here, and there seems to be a petition to get rid of her. And so far, almost forty thousand people have signed this signature for a petition to get rid of her. I've signed as well. And yeah, so um, I hope we can get up to a hundred k because this woman is a Trojan horse for the United States. She's basically doing everything she can for the United States. For the military industrial complex for Biden. She has no care about the Europeans or the European economy or the European um, uh, establishment. You know, she, she seems to only care about what the US wants and what the US wants her to do. She is a complete puppet of the US. Um, so I hope they get rid of her. But I don't think this petition would be enough, to be honest. I think the European leaders need to stand up and just get rid of her once and for all. So this guy, this pre previous prime minister of Israel, um, he came on an interview and he said, if international media is objective, then it serves Hamas. If it just shows both sides, it serves Hamas. <laughs> so can you see his words? He says that he says that if the media shows both sides, it serves Hamas because they obviously don't want the truth to come out, right? They don't want people to see how many babies and kids are being killed because that's going to serve Hamas, apparently. So this is this is why he was trying to say. He says he, he doesn't want the media to be objective and he doesn't want the media to report on both sides because it's just going to tell people the truth and people are going to side, start siding with Hamas. That's what the what, that's what he's trying to say. So there's a story that Israel has postponed a ground attack on Gaza until the US air defense systems arrive, which makes sense. I think they're using this time to maybe 
take some hostages out or do some negotiations with hostages. And yeah, there seems like there's a lot of air defense systems being transferred across and they're going to be put into Israel very soon. And um, and I think once this ground operation happens, you can bet your bottom dollar that Hezbollah will start attacking Israel and other groups, other groups, you know, Islamic groups around the Middle East, they'll start, you know, joining in and Israel will start attacking them back and other groups will start joining in and it's just going to start escalating. Syria will stop, probably start joining in, Lebanon and people from Jordan, Egypt. So this is why they need this air defense systems because they're also scared about Iran's um, ballistic missiles as well. So, um, so I think they're just preparing for that. So this story is really funny. So Blinken met the leader of Qatar and he asked the Qatar government to tone down on the rhetoric of Al Jazeera. So US Secretary of State Blinken asked the Qatari Prime Minister to influence the Qatari television company Al Jazeera so it softens the rhetoric about Palestinian-Israeli conflict. So can you imagine the Qatari Prime Minister going to the United States and telling Biden, can you tone down Fox News, please? Do you mind? You know, it's a bit anti-Islamic. Can you just tone it down a bit, make it, you know, full of roses and stuff? Do you know what they're going to tell the Qatari Prime Minister? It's to get lost. So this guy, Brinken, is basically doing the bidding of Israel. He's going around these, you know, Arabic countries um, and he's trying to like, trying to persuade them to be more pro-Israeli and stuff and you know he, he on the interviews is very pro you know Israeli um, he doesn't have any sorts of remorse what's happening to the Palestinian kids or women he's still on the you know Israel he, he's, he's still on the same narrative Israel's got the right to defend itself blah 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 and then he goes to Qatar and he asks them to tone down Al Jazeera they don't want Al Jazeera to kind of spread the truth and um, hilarious, guys. Double standards, hilarious. I mean, look at this. Look at this face. Looks like a. Uh, looks like a man you just can't trust. I mean, look at that. Uh, crazy. Okay, so um, there's some airstrikes, and this reporter seems to have found a teddy bear. Uh, belongs to a child probably but i don't know if i don't know if that child is alive or dead because i mean look at that building behind behind him it's completely destroyed so whoever probably owned that teddy bear is probably dead or injured or still under the rubble let's move on um okay there's a lot of marches going on around the world oh yeah so there's a there's a story about this Israeli a woman and she's part of the Israeli force and she says she killed a hundred Hamas fighters by herself. I mean, this sounds like the ghost of Kiev story, right? I mean, um, so this woman, she, I mean, she's obviously quite good looking and stuff. So she claims she killed Hamas fighters. I mean, sounds more like she's killed hundred Palestinian kids. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, how many bombs are they dropping on Palestine? How many kids and women are dying? There's, you know, 
out of all the deaths in Palestine, half of them have been kids, um, a third of them have been women, and the rest of them have been mainly civilian, civilian men. It's crazy. So this is a quite good interview, um, but I really don't want to sh um, share it with you guys. It was in the Joe Rogan show, and the Joe Rogan seems to be very... He's changed his tune. He was pro-Israeli in the beginning, but I think after listening to a few people, especially her, he's now pro-Palestinians, and he's kind of supporting them at the moment. So um, and it's quite an interesting um, video, which I thought. There you go, our very favorite Claire Daly. We love her, don't we? She's um, one, of, one of the reasons the Irish and the Scottish, I would say, are supporting Palestine. Because in Scotland, you have a lot of people supporting Palestine as well. A lot of um, Palestinian flags in footballs and football grounds and stuff. And one of the reasons they are completely against what's happening to Palestine is because all of this stuff used to happen to them by the British. When I say British, I say, I mean English. So English were basically colonizing Ireland along, you know, hundreds of years ago. They did the same with Scotland. And it was a very brutal regime, you know, did a lot of killing, genocide at the time. And Irish people were very oppressed. Scottish were very oppressed at the time for hundreds of years, we're talking about. And uh, so this is why you just have to look at the history. This is why the Irish are completely against what's happening in Palestine, because it reminds them of what the English did to them. And um, they seem to be the only country speaking out in the EU at the moment. But the rest of the EU, they, they're pretty much mo most of them are colonizers anyway. I don't think there's any other EU country that's been colonized. Most of them are just colonizers, so they're not going to understand. So there's a guy called Loki. He came on the P.H. Morgan show yesterday, and I thought he was quite very, very, very good. He's a very intellectual guy. If you haven't followed him, I would suggest you try and follow him. And he knows his stuff about Palestine and Israel. He, he seems to know a lot. So yeah, he's one guy. Definitely, definitely follow. Let's see if there's any other stories. Um, so this is a funny story. Uh, basically. Um, the UN guy, Guterres, he's, um, he basically came out yesterday to say that what Israel is doing is genocide and it's not nice what they're doing to the Palestinian people. I mean, here, it's not, what, it's not nice what, he's doing to, what Israel is doing to the Palestinian people. And uh, he says Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffering. So Israel did not like it. And they asked for his resignation today. I mean, come on. <laughs> He's like a kid throwing his toys at the pram, right? You just, you don't like what the UN has to say about you. So you, you, you ask for his resignation. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And obviously, like, um, you can't deny what's happening in Palestine. And for, you know, you got to give a bit of respect to this UN guy, Guterres. I mean, we all thought he's a bit of a puppet, but he's kind of... Um, he kind of showed his, um, you know, balls a bit. So I, I do, I do have to respect him for that. But Israel is completely unhappy and trying to cancel him. 
but it's not going to work, guys. I mean, it, it might work because obviously Israel's got friends in high places. They, they are obviously controlling the Western media and other Western governments. So, yeah, maybe Guterres' days are numbered. Who knows? We'll see. And I think that's pretty much it, guys. So let's um, come back to the chat. Does anyone have any questions for me before I, I move on to maybe talk about some China stuff? And um, how is how is everyone doing? Oh, hey, Frankie. Nice to see you again. Hey, Jenny. Nice to see you. Hey, Taiwan. All the regulars seems to be here, which is very good. Hey, CA. Very good to see you here. Very good. Uh, yeah, all the regulars are here. Well done, guys. We've got 136 uh, people watching. Um, if you can like, and um, be, I'd be appreciated. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening around the world. Really, um, can't really, can't really catch up. There's too much going on. Okay, so let's see the next story. Let's see the next story. Okay, so let's talk about China now, guys. Um, so obviously, uh, the Gaza stuff is a quite is quite depressing, obviously. Um, so let's move on to to stuff that's happening around China. So uh, I saw this article yesterday. Uh, U.S. orders immediate halt to some AI chip exports to China. So. The history is, um, for those of you who don't know, I'll give a quick recap. Um, United States has put a chip ban uh, on China. So no company is allowed to sell advanced chips to China. And that includes advanced chips materials and chips equipment. We're talking about high-end equipment from ASML, chip materials, uh, chip software, like EDA software. So anything like advanced to make chips, um, you're not allowed to sell to China. So NVIDIA created these AI chips last year, um, or yeah, I think probably start of this year actually. And they weren't able to sell to China at the time. Uh, those chips were banned because those chips were deemed very advanced. And uh, what NVIDIA did, they produced this lower version uh, chip to sell to the Chinese market. So this lower version passed the export um, test and they were able to sell it to China. However, this, this law has come into effect yesterday, meaning that um, NVIDIA can no longer sell this um, you know, chip, this uh, refor re reformatted chip. Let's just say uh, a less, less advanced version than the previous one. They couldn't sell, and they can't sell the less advanced one to China as well. And they've put some rules in place, meaning that NVIDIA now cannot make any other chips, even less advanced ones than the one they have now. Uh, they can, cannot sell those to China either. So basically stopping all AI chips going into China. So this is bad news, guys. I mean, for 
And I say bad news for USA and the West. This is not bad news for China. So what 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 has all of these chip bans actually done since uh, Trump came in power and started putting all these um, bans in place? It hasn't really hurt China. If you look at um, the Chinese chip industry right now, it's really given them a kickstart. And this year alone, Huawei phone. Um, the Mate 60 has come out with seven nanometers chips, and and this Huawei phone actually performs just as good, if not better, than the new Apple phones which have come out, which are three nanometers. And um, and a lot of people were doing side by side tests, and they have proven that the Huawei phone with the seven nanometers is actually much better, and it's got much more advanced features um, that the Apple phone doesn't have. For example, it's got a super camera which can zoom like hundreds of miles away. Uh, it's amazing actually. And the Huawei phone can work underwater as well. And uh, many other great features. Um, also it's indestructible. It doesn't, when you drop it, it doesn't break. The screen doesn't break and many other advanced features. And I think that one of the most advanced features the Huawei phone has is a satellite phone feature. So you can make satellite calls. You can you know, directly access the satellite, the Chinese satellite, and make calls using that. And what that means is if you're on um, an aeroplane, for example, you can make satellite calls from the aeroplane um, and link to, to the directly to the satellite and make calls with it. And it's also very cheaper than the current way to make calls and better signal. So, the, so this new Huawei phone is actually um, very much in demand in China and, and they are sold out at the moment. And I think every time they release a new batch, they get easily sold out. So, so the only thing that China doesn't have right now is um, the ability make, to make huge amounts of seven nanometer um, chips. They can only make a limited number uh, at the moment for various reasons because they... Um, the, the company, the main company in China, SMIC, is at the moment is building three factories, one in Beijing, one in Shanghai, and one in Shenzhen to, to, to make these advanced chips. And those uh, factories are not ready yet. And I think they'll, they'll be ready around 2024, 20, 2025. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. So the capacity to make these chips is not great. And however, if you wait till 2024, if you wait till 2025, and I'm pretty sure that these seven nanometers chips uh, capacity will be much higher. There'll be more factories making them. And also China will be much more advanced in other fields as well um, in chip making. Um, I'm pretty sure that there'll be a machine coming out this year, which will be the, the equivalent of ASML's 28 nanometer machine, DUV. And they'll, you'll be able to make 28 nanometers and also 14 nanometers with stacking and possibly even seven nanometers as well. We'll see how the technology works. So all this, um, all these chip bans by the US is just pushing China to do better. Um, China is already, uh, let me just add this. Sorry, guys, um, I've lost my screen. Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, so China has already kind of um, um, been working on this um, chip industry for the last five years. They've worked on every single field, like 
they are able to make their own EDA software now with the RISC-V architecture. And that means they don't need the Western EDA software to design chips anymore. Like Huawei has Huawei and HiSilicon and now can now design five nanometer chips with their own software. They don't need Western software to do that. Um, th there's also a lot of students in China who are learning um, the chip industry as well, because five years ago, nobody in China knew anything about chips because China didn't really pursue chips but back at the time, you know, because before before Trump, they had an understanding with the United States. They, they had an understanding that, you know what, we're not going to pursue making chips because we don't want to destroy the relationship we have with the United States. We'll just buy these chips from the United States because we don't want to affect our relationship. But Trump changed all that. Since he put all of these chip sanctions in place, China basically had no choice but to push through these um, these chip um, um, the, 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 this kind of push through all of the chip stuff that they're doing. And so all the, a lot of the universities are now teaching um, um, semiconductors. And so you, you're going to have your first generation of students coming through this year and next year. And uh, so that means their skills are going to be improving year by year. And also the chip making devices are improving. There'll be more factories creating chips. And the technology is going to be improving as well. I think China's working on graphene chips and photonic chips and, st and stuff like that. So eventually, you cannot discount China catching up with the West. And when they do catch up, it's going to be bad news for these companies like NVIDIA, Intel, Qualcomm. And right now, Qualcomm is losing a lot of money because Huawei used to buy a lot of chips from Qualcomm. And now uh, they don't need to because um, now they have SMIC uh, selling them the chips. Qualcomm was selling them low-end chips, which were 4G. Uh, they're pretty much useless to Huawei now. And NVIDIA, you just have to look at NVIDIA shares. The NVIDIA shares have been going down uh, ever since this news came out. So NVIDIA has made a huge jump in its shares this year because of AI, but now it's starting to shoot down again. And um, so in the long term, these American companies are going to be affected and American economy is going to be affected. We're talking about 600 billion the United States used to get from China back in the day. You know, they used to spend 600 billion buying chips from the United States. That figure has gone down by more than a half, really 60% has gone down by. And, um, and it's going to go down even more next year and the year after. And these semiconductors are pretty much America's bread and butter. This is what is driving the United States economy and the fact that they can sell these chips and technology all around the world. Like TSMC is using American technology, so TSMC have to pay United States a lot of money for their for that technology, for, for them to use that technology. Same with Samsung as well and any other major companies around the world. So imagine if China's chip industry suddenly takes off and they don't need Western chips anymore. Um, all of these companies are just going to start shooting money uh, and America's economy is going to go down further. So it's really bad news for the United States. I think, you know, 
there was an opportunity for for a win-win situation here uh, when Biden came into power, but he, he looks like he didn't take it. So um, what's the impact of these AI chips, by the way? Um, the impact is not very big in China right now because there's a, I think Huawei and a couple of other companies are already starting to make these AI chips. Um, they're not as advanced at the moment as NVIDIA ones, but the good news for them is they have the Chinese market, which means if they sell these AI, AI chips to the Chinese market, they will make money and more money will go to research. And when you put more money into research, you, you will um, obviously move up in your technology very fast. So, um, so I don't see any issue with China here. I think uh, these companies who are doing these AI chips, they might not be as good as N NVIDIA at the moment, but within a year they could be because if they start making a lot of money uh, now, these companies will grow, make more money, put more money in research, and the technology will accelerate very fast. And that's how technology works. So let's move on to the next story. Um, don't forget to like, guys. We're 177, which is which is good. And let's move on to the next story. <clears throat> so this story came up. Um, basically, China has started to ban graphite to Western companies. And this is a huge, huge news. And I think I saw this yesterday, um, could be the day before, but this is a massive news, uh, massive news for various reasons. So graphite is needed to make mainly graphene. And it's an extremely difficult um, process to make graphene and, and graphite. You know, you, we're talking about a very expensive process and not many countries around the world make graphite. Um, China is the only country that makes graphite in a huge, huge quantity. And that's because China can see huge um, potential in graphite. And one of the potential is you can make graphene with it. And graphene is the strongest form of carbon material out there and um, and it can be used in many applications um, for example it can be used for semiconductors it can be used for ev cars it can be used for batteries it can be used for anything with technology and graphene it can be even used for construction um, will only improve it. it will give it that extra um, strength and conductor is conducting is much better than silicon for example as well and um, so this graphene is basically is a third item that China has um, banned from uh, selling to the West. The other two items were germanium, and there was another item as well, uh, which which is hang on a second, I'll get I'll get that name for you. Um, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, so there was germanium and
sorry guys, I can't seem to remember, I can't seem to find it. It was it was another material starts with G. Uh, I don't know if anyone in the new in the chat knows it, but it's a germanium and another product. And now they have also banned graphite as well. So one of the biggest um, people who are complaining about this are the Europeans because they know graphite is needed for EV cars. And China's, China is the biggest producer of graphite. And graphite is used more and more for batteries. And they have realized that graphite is a very important material uh, for EV cars, renewable technology like wind turbines and uh, solar panels as well. And chi for China to be staying ahead of the competition, they need to limit graphite being sold to the West. And the West putting all these sanctions on China, did they expect China would not fight back? So obviously this is um, part of the fight back um, China's doing. And I think it's a good good thing because um, this will keep China above the rest when it comes to the competition. It's a very expensive process to make graphite. So other countries can make it, but it's going to cost them a lot. Um, the cost of making this in China is very cheap because um, China's um, got huge amounts of renewables like solar and wind. So the huge amounts of renewables can be used to make graphite. So they don't lose much in terms of energy. But if it gets made in, in another country where they have to have a lot of coal fire plants and um, they don't have the capacity or the power to, gen to, to make this, then it's going to be very expensive for other countries to do. So China is right now, out of all the countries in the world, China is leading the world when it comes to green energy and cheap energy as well. They also got a lot of cheap energy coming from Russia in uh, in terms of gas. So if you want to if you want to make something very cheap, it has to be China because China has access to not only not only cheap labor, cheaper than the West compared to the West, uh, but also cheaper land compared to the West, cheaper access to um, to materials and raw materials and goods, um, cheaper transport. And the most important is cheap, much cheaper in terms of energy. The energy cost in China is much, much cheaper. So, the, so for the West to start sanctioning China with other things, it's just going to, yeah, it's just not going to work because China's going to fight back and do something to them and they're going to do that. But eventually they're going to lose, right? Because EV is right now is taking off all over the world and Chinese EV cars are being exported all over the world. And without having this graphite, these Western EV companies are going to really struggle to make EV cars, which are which are anything comp you know better than Chinese cars right now. They're not going to be as competitive uh, in terms of price, in terms of value for money. So it's another thing that the West is doing, shooting itself in the foot. So this leads me to another story. Um, come to this story now. So you see, Porsche is already starting to complain to Brussels because the EU started doing an EV probe on, um, uh, they wanted to do an EV probe on China. So they basically, they're afraid of all of these Chinese cars getting into the Chinese market. So um, 
So they, they decided to do a probe on all of these um, Chinese cars and they'll probably put some tariffs in place at the end of this probe. I mean, it looks like the United States is um, has asked Ursula to do this, so she's doing it and probably will end up in tariffs. But if they put tariffs on Chinese cars, this is going to be a disaster for European cars, namely German cars like uh, BMW, Mercedes, and Volkswagen. So all of these cars, the majority of that money comes from China. So imagine if, if um, the EU starts putting tariffs on Chinese cars, China will do the same. They'll put, start putting tariffs on German cars and, and European cars, and they'll start putting um, limits in place so these, these European cars don't get sold as much in China. And it's just going to be a war they cannot win because Volkswagen makes most of its profit in China. Like 70% of Volkswagen profits come from China. So imagine if they start losing these profits in China. Imagine the impact that will cause the German economy and EU. So this is a war they cannot win. And obviously Ursula doesn't care about the EU economy, right? Because everything she's done so far has destroyed the EU economy. So she's doing it for the United States. She's doing it for Biden. Biden doesn't care if the EU sinks. And she's like the Trojan horse doing her master's bidding from the United States. And uh, and everyone in the EU is just letting her do it. So it's, it's a just a, it's a shame, guys. Absolute shame um, how they're just letting her destroy the EU economy. Decision after decision after decision. So a bit, of, a bit of good news I saw. I'm just going to add this. Saw this news coming out of China. So China approves the world's first flying taxi. So finally, after years of testing, and uh, China has finally approved the world's first flying taxi. So I've seen some videos of this taxi, and apparently... Um, Obviously, a lot of people will have questions, for example, safety. What if this taxi falls? But I have seen some videos where these taxis uh, have got parachutes. So if there's a mechanical problem or something, these taxis will basically float down. But obviously, if they float in the water uh, or if they float in front of a truck or a train, so obviously um, that's different. But generally, hopefully, um, these will float down to a safe area and um, nobody gets injured. But um, it's been finally approved in China, and uh, and the governor of um, California actually went to China. Uh, he's, he's actually in China right now, and he has been looking at things like this, and also he, he sat on a car, BYD car, and this BYD car was doing a 360 turn, um, and his him and his wife were very impressed, and... Uh, and obviously, he met President Xi as well. And um, yeah, so you have all of these hawks in the United States who are who are quick to bash China and every opportunity. But you still have, you know, the governor of California. You have still have senators coming in to China to ask for favors and ask for money or ask for you know this and that. So behind the scenes, they'll always be like, you know, absolutely. Um, um, you know, anti-Chinese rhetoric when, when, they're, when they're in the United States. But when they come to China, it's all smiles and friendly and friendly-faced and stuff. 
But this gov- governor of California seems to be quite a good guy because I was just doing some um, research on him. And he's, it seems like he hasn't really made much anti-Chinese rhetoric in the past. He made one or two small ones, but they're, they're not nothing major to be to be worried about. But yeah, he seems like quite a good guy. Um, but yeah, we'll see how things go. I've just got one more story to show you guys, and then we'll kind of go to questions. No, that's pretty much it, guys. Um, the only other thing I was going to show you is um, the Chinese economy. I was talking. I, w- I was. I wanted to talk about the Chinese economy, but there's a lot of stories coming out of how great the Chinese economy is doing, and. And I saw one article by the Financial Times today saying Chinese economy is doing great, but do we expect an immediate collapse? You know, it's kind of like um, articles like that, where it's, it's almost like they're hoping for the Chinese economy to collapse. They're just sitting back and just wishing, you know, it would collapse or hoping it would collapse. These articles are always negative. They, they said, oh, yeah, Chinese economy is doing great, but for how long? or what, at, at what cost. They always put these lines at the end just to kind of, they don't want to make these articles, you know, like, you know, very good thing about China or they don't want to make any good news about China. They always have to put put something like at what cost or, you know, or something like, oh, for how long? How long is the economy going to gonna last? You know, it's going to crash soon. So this was only a few weeks ago, all the articles were saying, oh, China's economy is going to crash, it's going to crash badly. Uh, All the YouTubers, I don't know if you remember, all the YouTubers were saying, oh, it's going to crash in 30 days, China's going to collapse in 10 days, China's going to collapse in 7 days. And all these YouTubers are suddenly quiet now. They're not saying anything. And these YouTubers, they've got hundreds and thousands of followers. They're supposed to be experts in the field, in, in economy and things like that. And these YouTubers are still going. They're still talking their gibberish and nonsense. I can't believe people are still listening to these guys. You know, they obviously don't know what they're talking about, saying that China's economy is going to collapse in seven days or 10 days. And they still have like thousands of followers still listening to their garbage, thinking, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Let's follow him. Let's listen to him. So the people that speak the truth, they don't get any like uh, traction on YouTube. But the people that just lie and go for clickbaits, you know, they're the ones that get the followers. It's just, it's just not fair, guys. It's like, it's like life, you know, life is not fair, I guess, right? So, yes, yeah, so all these YouTubers are quiet. All these media outlets are quiet. They're not talking about China collapse anymore. The only person talking about China collapse is Biden. But, you know, you can excuse Biden because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing or what the hell he's saying. Um, so that's it, guys. Um let me know if you got if you guys got any questions. Um, if you put a Q in front of it, in front of your message, I can um, I can answer it. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming and listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, the news isn't great. A lot of stuff happening around the world, which is not good. A lot of people are dying. Yeah, I wish. I wish I could have a day where I give you like great news and good news, uh, but every single day seems to be bad news and worse news. 
people dying, babies dying. You know, I, I don't mean to give you bad news all the time, guys. Um, but I'm a, I'm a pretty positive person. I like to, you know, uplift people. I don't like talking about bad news. But, you know, what can I do? I can only report on what's in front of me, right? Um, but, yeah, thanks for all the guys who are coming in. Oh, I've got a question. I've got a question. Mr. Low Paul. He said, is it better moving from Europe to Russia? Yes, I, I believe so, because you just have to look at the economy. The, the European economy is going down and the Russian economy is going up. Russian economy is linked to the Chinese economy and China and Asia is going to be the next, you know, superpower. That area is going to be the next um, superpower. Way, the West is dying. Right? The Europeans are going to die first followed by the United States. And all the world's economy is going to move east um, to China and the surrounding Asia, like ASEAN. And Russia is going to be linked to China, so their economy is going to be doing great. I mean, right now, China, Russia's economy is doing absolutely amazing. Uh, last year, they said Russia's ruble is going to turn into rubble. Russia's economy is going to collapse with all these sanctions. Has it collapsed? No. It's actually doing better than most European economies. And Russian economy is just going to improve because um, Putin just made a deal with uh, President Xi uh, during um, during the Belt and Road meeting, and China is going to buy a lot of agriculture stuff from um, from Russia. They've also signed a lot more gas and oil deals as well. So, uh, and Russia also announced a lot of rail links two or three rail links going into China, and they're building this huge road going from Moscow all the way to China as well. So there's a lot of infrastructure projects happening, linking Russia and China together. Um, you have the um, power of Siberia, um, gas pipelines coming from Russia into China as well, power of Siberia 1 and 2. And... Um, yeah, so, the, so Russia is going to be going up. Uh, Europe is unfortunately going to be going down because, you know, the, the only thing Europe had going for it was cheap energy coming from Russia. They don't have that anymore. Now they have to buy very expensive LNG from from United States, and it's not even good quality. Uh, I think the German minister recently said that the gas coming from United States is very low quality because it's fracking gas. It's not real gas. And the ones from Russia is actually much better quality, but um, they, they don't want to sell it to us. So that's a big ba bad news. And also Europeans um, are alienating China as well. So they've been very anti-Chinese with some of their rhetoric recently. And um, and China's had enough, to be honest. They said, you know what, if you don't want to trade with us, don't trade with us. We'll just trade with our neighbors. And this is why China's been building very close relationships with its neighbors and try and trade with them, like ASEAN, Central Asia, Afghanistan, Russia. And uh, yeah, so... And, and China's exports are actually going up. Their exports to the United States is going down, to the West is going down, but the exports to the rest of the world is actually going up. Um, China's, um, this year, has China has made great strides in the Middle East. Uh, all the Middle East countries are, are, are investing heavily in China right now. They used to invest heavily in the, in the West and United States before, but all of that investment is now all, all of it going into China. Because you've seen how 
the West treats the Muslims, right? So I think the Muslims have literally given up hope on, on the West. And uh, all the Muslims are now just um, just investing in, in, in China. And, um, and yeah, it's just bad news for the West. It was also bad news for West's little proxies like um, India and Japan, South Korea, Philippines even. Um, these guys, unless they wake up, they'll probably um, sink like like the massive ship that's about to sink in the West. Um, any other question, guys? Oh yeah, CA. Hey, how you doing, brother? Is it fair assertion for natural resource supplies, Russia, Middle East, are able to dictate who can manufacture due to tight supply? Um. Yeah, it's it's um it's an interesting question. I'll have to think about that. It's a very good question, CA. Um yeah, I have to very I have to think about that because um yeah, obviously Russia and Middle East are very high natural resource suppliers. We're talking about oil, gas. Um and with oil they have something called OPEC and obviously you know, since OPEC came into force, United States would could not mani- you know they couldn't manipulate the oil prices anymore. So o- OPEC has a lot of power when it comes to you know manufacturing oil and also tightening supplies of oil as well. So whenever you know, obviously OPEC tightens uh, oil supply, price of oil goes up, and vice versa. So OPEC has has got a lot of power. And you're 100% right. I think there needs to be more of these OPEC-style stuff for other materials like gas. We need to have an OPEC for gas, for example, because the gas prices have been artificially pushed low by the West for far too long. And um, especially now, the gas prices are very, very low, pushed artificially very low. And um, if there was an OPEC for gas, um, I think... um, the gas prices would be much higher compared to compared to now, and I think these gas providing countries like Iran, Qatar, Russia, many other countries in the Middle East will have more power and more say in how much um, how they dictate um, how much gas is released to the world and and dictate the price and stuff. So I think there needs to be an OPEC gas next, uh, and it might happen soon next year. Who knows? And definitely there needs to be more tight supplies of certain raw materials like um, rare earths maybe, uh, lithium, um, neon gas, many other things. And I think there needs to be an OPEC style, um, you know, uh, conglomerate which which can control things like that. But we'll see how the world develops. It looks like it will head to something like that because we are increasingly heading to a more multipolar world. Gone, gone are the days where the West would be controlling uh, most of the raw materials and manufacturing and, and supply chains. I think all of that is going to be coming to an end. I think we're heading towards a multipolar world with individual supply chains. Uh, one, one, for, one heading east with the Belt and Road and 
there'll probably be an alternative one for the West, which hasn't even started it started yet. They 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 were going to call it the Build Back Better, but obviously nobody's heard anything since. So obviously that's probably dead, dead and buried. So the West does, just doesn't have the money to spend on infrastructure to to anything to compete with the with the Belt and Road because. You know, I was doing this program a couple of days ago. The Belt and Road um, costs uh, how much? Trillions. You know, we're talking about six to seven trillion has cost China. The West doesn't have that kind of money. They're too busy spending in wars, proxy wars, and, you know, useless stuff, really, rather than infrastructure and their own economies. So um, I don't think there's going to be anything. I think China is going to be the king of the supply chains, uh, and I don't think there's going to be anything um, coming close. There was supposed to be one going from India through Saudi into Israel, but that's not going to happen anymore because of the war that's happening in Palestine. You can forget about that deal. So, um, so yeah, um, I think in the future it might happen, um, but yeah, it could be very soon. Any other questions? Let's see now. Um, let me just look going up. If not, guys, let's call it a day. Yeah, I think that's the last question. Let's call it a day, guys. Um, it was a pleasure chatting with you guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. And let's do one soon. I think um, I need to do one with Frankie soon. So, um, Frankie, just message me when you're free and we'll we'll do one together. And anyone else wants to do one with me, just kind of email me and uh, we'll kind of schedule it in. All right, guys, thanks a lot, and hopefully see you soon, and enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Bye.